welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, where believers celebrate their commonalities, share their testimonies, and edify the body of Christ. Each episode contains healthy conversations between Brother Jill and a guest speaker. Thanks for joining the Disciples Dialogue. Praise the Lord, everyone. Welcome back to the Disciples Dialogue. We are so glad that you're here with us. Thank you for joining me today. I have a another guest with me today, and I'm so excited to have with me, uh, recording this episode with me today, Brother Josh Cast, who is uh, our outreach director, him and his wife at First Apostolic Church of Radford in Virginia. Um, and so welcome to the Disciples Dialogue, Brother Cast. I'm glad to be here. I hope this podcast can touch somebody's life and empower somebody to reach their city. Amen. There's no doubt about it. Um, you all, for those of you who do not know Brother Cast, um, he and his wife are the outreach directors. They have done a phenomenal job and are constantly reaching out into the community, constantly coming up with ideas. Uh, and ways to reach our community and love the lost. And so we I wanted to make an opportunity for you to share with the listeners of the Disciples Dialogue um, how we do that, how you do that. How do you come up with these ideas? Um, we'll talk a little bit about re- uh, outreach and what it means to you, your burden. And and so we'll just kind of go from there. Let me, let me ask you... Um, what is your definition of outreach? So my definition of outreach, it's not just walking by somebody in Walmart and saying, "How, hey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. It's being so spirit-filled with God's spirit living inside you to be able to distinguish when he's showing you Hey, I need you to go speak with this person. Because okay. outreach to me is not an event. Mm. It's not just, you know, hey, church members, let's get together. Let's just have a party and hopefully somebody will come. That's not it for me. It's even if we can touch somebody's life in one moment, just like we had an event just last month at Willow Woods, um, I saw the pastor just reached over, and in the midst of everything going on, people getting barbecue and all that stuff, I saw him praying over somebody's need right there on the spot. Mm. And that just reminded me of the why. Why do we outreach? Yeah, You know, we don't do it so we can feel good, and we don't do it so we can get a pat on the back from the pastor or from uh, brothers or even God. I do it because I know it's the right thing, and my definition of outreach, it's become everything to all people mm-hmm. and by some means reach somebody. All right. Wherever you're at. I love the way you, that you put that, that outreach is not an event. It's not just an event. Of course, we have events. We ha- we plan events. I think you've got the rest of this year and some of even next year uh, planned already uh, for events. Yes, sir. But to not view it as just an event, I think that's incredible. I think that's wise, and, and it keeps us grounded and rooted in um, the main focus, what we should be doing. Because it, I think that if if it goes, if it just becomes another thing that we do, you know, just show up, you know, we do this because it's kind of our title and we're supposed to do it, and your heart's not in it, if it's just an event, then surely we cannot be successful. Right, exactly. So, and and you remind me of the Great Commission, as it's called. Uh, we find it in the, the Gospel account of Mark, uh, I think chapter 16, maybe verse 15, um, where the Scripture says, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Mm-hmm. So preach the gospel to every creature. So, some people would read this and say, well, I'm not a preacher, so that you know that knocks me out. But you don't have to have a microphone in your hand, nor do you have to be wearing a suit in order to reach the right. loss. Could you talk about that a little bit? So um, 
I struggled with that a lot growing up because um, I thought in order to be involved in any form of ministry, you should have a certain amount of knowledge behind you. Mm-hmm. Or you should have a certain amount of doctrine to know and interpret and touch somebody's life before you even start any type of reaching or ministry in general. And that was the farthest thing from the truth, in my opinion, because I witnessed not even a couple months ago, you know, we had some new people coming to the church, and they asked me, you know, could we come and be a part of the outreach event this Saturday? And I said, sure, come on by. And they came, and this is people who had just came two weeks ago, had no knowledge really basically of anything about the Word of God. But they was out on that street reaching lives and showing them how good God is. Wow. And so you don't need to know everything. You just need to know enough to say, hey, God changed me. He can change you. Right. And so, you know, anybody can do it. And you don't need a title mm-hmm. to do ministry. And I'll just go ahead and say it. Uh, when the pastor asked me and my wife to uh, officially become outreach directors, um, I told him, we was in his office, I said, Pastor, I don't want the title. I said, I just want to do it. I just want to reach lives, and I just want to do more than what we did last year because we had done a little bit here and there, and I felt like I failed God, and mm. I, I felt like a failure mm-hmm. because I didn't feel like we had edified the body. I didn't feel like we had touched any lives. Mm. And so – the pastor's message for the year, and it still sticks with me to this day, is what more can you do in 2022? Mm-hmm. And it rings true to me every day, and I'm like, God, show me what more I can do. Each and every month we plan these outreach events, help me to do more each time to touch somebody's life. And so that's just what I'm left with. I mean, God, he can move on any individual to go and touch anybody. Yeah, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, right? And so I think it's it's great. I think it's great that we're not um, creating some unrealistic expectation or setting a bar so high that people cannot come and join us in winning souls and reaching our community lest they have some pedigree or, you know, uh, diploma hanging on their wall that says that they're well-versed in the Scripture or what have you. Um, I, I don't think that that's necessary. Now, I do believe that it should be uh, that those people should be led in outreach, and I think that you do a great job at that of orchestrating, uh, being the leader, stepping out front and saying, you know, delegating, hey, you may not be able to, uh, you may not feel comfortable, you know, talking to people even or praying with those who are hurting. But if you can stand over here and if you can serve barbecue to someone, well, you're a part of this outreach. Right. Right. So we don't diminish those areas that some people would say, well, if I can't be the one laying hands on people, then I, you know. There is no lesser position in outreach. Yeah. Everything edifies the whole event, in right. my opinion. And so the 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 right the hands can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. Exactly. Right. The, the, and so the if we're one body, then every member is important. We're many members, one body. But every position I remember that the event that you was talking about uh, last month, we had a great outreach and I think that you and your wife did a fantastic job of leading us in in this outreach. Um but when I showed up, you know, we, uh, you and I, we were some of the earlier ones there and setting up tables and all this, and you all were doing a great job delegating and saying, hey, here's what we need, do this, do this. And I saw so many hands involved from kids, young right. young children involved in setting up tables and, and, and doing all these things, and, and the ladies and the men. Everybody had a part in facilitating this, this event. I, I, I hate to even call it that, but... Um, it was an event. However, all of this just to reach someone and to let them know, hey, God still loves you. God is, you know, we ha- there's a church here in the city who loves you, and God wants to to reach you. We want to reach you. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And and so, 
let me. So I guess let's segue now from that into this question I have. How should we be reaching? Now, I know how you reach. I know your your heart behind it. I've seen it. But for the listeners who maybe don't know uh, how to even reach out, maybe they want to start an outreach ministry. Maybe they want to go out and, and love on some people and bring people to Christ. How should we be reaching? The more genuine you are and the less articulative you are with people, the better the outcome. I can sit and talk with people, strangers on the streets that we are out, outreaching to. I can articulate the word in ways they've never heard before probably. But if it's not in genuine concern for their life, then you're just speaking to the rock. Mm. You're not doing any effective ministry to that person. And so, in in my opinion, you need to be able to be so spirit-filled that you can gauge the situation mm. be like, okay, this person is at this point, and I need to speak with him on this point or her on this point right. in their life and speak life into their situation, encourage them. Because it's not all about, you know, well, you need to be coming to my church because then you can be changed. Mm. No, mm. you can be changed right now in the instant right? right with us speaking. Because me and my wife and – Many others in the outreach team and any everybody else who comes to our event um, have witnessed moments where in just blinks of need, people open up to us and mm-hmm. they say, you know, you know, my nephew is in dire need of prayer or my husband is bedridden or this or that. And the pastor told us when we're in those situations, don't just say, you know, we'll put you on the prayer list mm, at church. Yeah. And we'll get to it when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we pray on the spot right there with them. And most of the time, people are shocked when you do that mm-hmm. because they don't see that in other churches or denominations of any sort because you're being genuine. Right. Because you're being honest. And when people see that, it clicks in their mind that, hey, this person ain't just trying to get me to come to their church. Right. They're being real with me. They actually do care. Yeah. And that's the whole point of outreach is showing people you truly care about them, their needs, their family, and show them that there's a God who loves them and wants to bestow grace on them. Yeah. So Paul said, I become all things to all men, Mm -hmm. right? And in that, it's exactly what you were saying. When we meet, you know, the common the average person out in the community, most people are not interested in you, you know, dissecting the Godhead, okay? You just met them. Right. They're, they're probably unchurched, and, and so they, they're not interested in a, a whole discussion on hermeneutics or something <laughs> like that, right? So what they want is that genuine, uh, that genuine love, you know, the, the old adage is that people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. Right. And so you love them where they're at. You become all things to all men, meaning you don't change the truth. We don't change the doctrine because doctrine matters. Yep. However, you get on their level and you speak to them about something that they care about. Um, and so I would say to be able you know, it's been said recently uh, that you – if you're going to have a movement, you have to be able to articulate the message. But I think what what you're saying is we need to be able to articulate the message on a level that captures them and lets That's them it. know, hey, I'm not just blowing smoke here. I yeah. really do care. Exactly. And and so I'm not interested in uh, you know, explaining the the ten horn beast in the book of Revelation right now. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to just show you some love, show you show you some mercy. Yeah, I, I'm here. What do you need? I can help you. Uh, and, and so if I might add to that. Sure. Um, you know, as as not as blunt as it sounds, but to people on the streets, Jesus dying for them may not even affect them at that moment. Yeah, they don't realize. Because they don't know like we know mm-hmm. what he's done for them and for us as yeah. a whole. But when you can show them how much you care, then they can start to realize, hey, their God might actually be real. Yeah. And so that's the 
game changer between just being a, a church person and being, you know, all church, come to my church, you know, mm-hmm. you need to come be a member of my place. And mm. that's not what it's about. It's just showing people, hey, you may not have that relationship with God that you need, but we can show you to him and you can love him like we love him. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. Wow. So I'm reminded of in the scripture, we see it time after time that Jesus in his ministry, in his outreach, he would meet the physical need mm-hmm. before he would meet the spiritual need. Right. right? So he fed the 5,000. He, you know, he would heal the, the ailment, the disease. Uh, and then he would follow up with that and say, you know, preach the gospel to them and reveal truth to them. And, you know, and the word demands a response. Right. However, Jesus many times in the scripture would start out with, I see that there's a need here. You're, you're hurting. There's a disease. There's, you're hungry, whatever it is. And he would meet that need before he ever said, can you explain to me who I am? Yeah. Can you, you know, can, can, how, how well are you versed in the, in the old law? Do you know the Torah? You know, what do you know about Abraham, Isaac? You know, and so we can get so wrapped up in our religion and our, um, in our way of doing things that we miss out on the opportunity to just help someone. Right. And, and I'm not the outreach director, but what I see from you all is that genuine, uh, love for people. I don't think that you can be an effective outreach director unless you love people. <laughs> exactly. I mean, am, am I wrong I in saying that? I would even go as far as to say you can't be a, an effective Christian mm. without loving people. <laughs> I wish I had the Bible bomb uh, <laughs> button programmed on this thing. I would hit it right now. But I would like to add to that and just say gee, we get it wrong sometimes when we think, you know, Jesus, he didn't just talk with the elect. Right, He didn't talk with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all of those folks, the fake religious people. Mm. He talked with people of low esteem, people who didn't have, you know, probably people who couldn't even read, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so he met people at their level. Yes. And he broadcasted, just like you were saying, people who had needs, healings, deliverances of that nature, he met them at their need, brought mm. them their healing, mm. and said, hey, I got more for you. Yeah. Let me show you more of what I can do for you. Right. So it's, I must needs go through Samaria. Yes. Right. And so when we go out into the community, we we take upon ourselves that that love for people like Jesus had, and, and it's, I must get out into the community. Yes. I have to. Why? Because that's where the lost people are. Yeah. And we, I mean, my mind is just being, it's flooded right now with so many things rushing in. Uh, you know, Jesus taught about um, what, what man who has a hundred sheep, if one is lost, would not leave the 99 and go after the one. Yes. And so we see it all throughout the scripture. Uh, it, it's the lost coin in the house. It's, it, it's, it's evident all throughout the scripture, the, the love for one pastor taught us, um, I'm not sure if you were, you were in the church at the, or in a part of FAC Radford at this, at this point when he preached this, uh, but the importance of one. Mm-hmm. Preach the message, just blow your mind. Sometimes we can get wrapped up in the numbers, right? Well, if the church doesn't have 500 people in it, then we're not, we're not doing right. Or if I've not taught 50 Bible studies this month, then I'm not doing well. But there is an importance of one. Yeah. And so sometimes it's not about having a, an event like you were talking about earlier. If you can just reach one person, exactly, show one person some love and some grace, some mercy, because you know what? They may not have seen that in quite some time in the world we live in. Mm-hmm. But if we are, you know, and Jesus, Jesus went through Samaria for one soul. Yes. Not to reach a whole city. You know, there were times when he would send people. It's, uh, you know, Jonah um, to Nineveh to, to win a whole city, right? Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of, of thousands of people. And so he's concerned about the masses, yes, but he's also concerned about the one. Yeah. And so I just want to – I want to join you in, in this outreach, this this love for an individual. Um, 
and and so I'm I'm wanting to learn from you. You talked about uh, we kind of went off on a little tangent there, or I did, but um, practical ideas for outreach. How should we be reaching? You said your first one that you mentioned was to be genuine, right? Yep. Do you have any other practical uh, ways that we can be reaching out? Um, so, yes, genuine being genuine people is probably number one in my opinion, just from my brief experience of doing it. Yeah. Um, but also hand in hand with that, you should also be ready at any given time mm-hmm. to give an account of the word of God to people because we've also come across people who are of like faith, but are not exactly in the same um, belief that we are. And they've questioned us pretty heavily. Okay. So, so doctrinal differences, right. not debate, but just right. have a conversation and you just got to be ready and equipped by the word to be mm. able to articulate to people again on their level because this person's now elevated, he's or she is now she or he has a brief knowledge of the word, right. but not a full understanding. As the word says, um, I'm, the exact place fails me, but um, fails to come to the full understanding yeah. of the word of God. And so, just like Timothy, I want to sh- study myself to show myself approved to people that hey, I'm just, I'm not just blowing smoke. You know, this is the real deal. And I want to broadcast that to people. Yeah. But again, don't overstep because if you start articulating word to people, then you could lose their interest. Mm-hmm. And then you could uh, not really harm that person, but you could maybe back them up from the conversation you're having with them. Yeah. Honestly, just have a conversation about their day, have a conversation about how their family is, how they're doing. Yeah. You know? And so. I believe there again, you correct me if I'm wrong. You're the, you know, you're the outreach director. And so I take your word at this, but I would say we are ineffective in outreach. If we get into the, I'm right, you're wrong. Oh yes. Debate. Yes. Right. So if we go out and we, you will meet those people. We have met those people who have a religious background. They are, uh, and that's great that they believe in God. But if, if our differences calls further separation right and salt being poured into the wound because now we uh we feel so strongly about what we believe doctrinally uh and then we meet someone who feels as strong about what they believe doctrinally and now if it turns into what should have been just love and support and being there for people if it turns into well, let me tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> then you, I guarantee you, you are not going to uh, convince them otherwise. No. Not, not that way. Mm-hmm. Now, God can reveal truth. Right. Through us, we can love people to the cross, and He, it's his job, not our job, to reveal truth to them. God reveals truth. Right, and, and so I, we, have, we must be careful when we get out there into the community and you're winning, you're, you're loving people, you will have those people who say, "Well, I already, I already know God, so I don't, right. you know, I already go to church. Uh, I, I've already been filled with the Holy Ghost." And you can look at them and tell, you know, or, or or you can look at them and question right. what Holy Ghost they was filled with. Um, I've seen it, yeah. But we cannot let that be a deterrent from why we're there. Yeah. So I would say, you know, the first step in my opinion, in outreach is to be genuine. The second one is to be ready at any time Mm -hmm. to give an account for God. Mm -hmm. The third step, I believe, would be if you reach yourself in a position of that sort and it's getting heated, take a step back and just conversate more. Or if if it's looking like, again, the third step is just gauge the conversation. Sure. Gauge the person, what what their response is. Body language. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'll just real briefly just talk about uh, my past just a little bit, mm-hmm. just to give a little background on me um, and just to really uplift anybody who's struggling mm-hmm. to outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my brother, who you had on previously, yeah, we were homeschooled 
our whole life. And some people from our church don't even know that. Um, we're very outgoing people. But uh, you could see that as like a, uh, almost like a, a hindrance on your articulative skills. Right. But it's been a very hard hurdle for me personally to get over. Yeah. Because, you know, honestly, being homeschooled, you don't get that social interaction mm-hmm. that you would in public school. Right. And so being outreach director and going out in these streets and talking with absolute strangers, it's bringing me out of my comfort zone. But that's what living for God is all about. Right. You can't live for God and be in a comfort zone. That's right. You, you're all the time out of your comfort zone when you're living with God. And I have found that out to be true at the yeah. beginning of this year when we first started our mission for mm-hmm. this year. And so just being able to, like that third step, being able to gauge the situation, mm-hmm. I believe that's the three main um, methods of outreach you should go by to be able to effectively reach your community. That's really good, really good. Let me ask you a, a, another question. Uh, I have my opinion on this, and I, I believe that we will land very near one to another on this topic or on this question. Um, but nevertheless, I think it's interesting to talk about. Are we being bad stewards of God's resources if we use church finances to give back to the community knowing that some people only show up for the free stuff and they're never going to come to church. They're never going to listen to what you have to say. So if we use church finances to go out and buy stuff for these events that we have, you know, to, to give back to the community, to get some involvement, um, it does create a little bit of uh, excitement, especially for the younger, you know, kids. If you can give, give away prizes, some, some tangible uh, thing, but are we being bad stewards of God's finances by spending that money knowing that some people are just going to show up for the stuff and then they're going to leave and you're never going to see them again? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't believe you could be a bad steward by investing in the community with materialistic things mm-hmm. uh, for the simple reason Yes, the reason they come to church might be because of that prize, might be because of that materialistic thing. Mm-hmm. But what we couldn't offer them in that service, God could offer them a change. Yeah, that prize might get them there, but that's what it's all about—just giving them that experience. Yeah, hey, these people—they're all right. They're serving God, and this is good stuff. Yeah. And so, no, I don't believe we could be bad stewards if we invest in materialistic things in that way mm-hmm. um, because just like I'll reference it again, the Willow Woods um, outreach event we did, we had four young um, kids that came to church. They had uh, went in for the raffle for the prizes, and they came to church the next day. And they, uh, I think, I believe if, if I remember correctly, two of the kids or three of the kids won prizes, Mm -hmm. which was very awesome to see. And they were so excited. They loved it. But what I loved more, so much more, was not just Saturday. They played around with our kids Mm -hmm. from the church. They played ball and all that. They actually got up off their feet and was clapping their hands and worshiping along with our kids. Right. And so, no, they may not currently be at the church now, but we implanted something in them as young kids. Hey, I remember that church that gave us a free gift for nothing. Yeah, We just showed up, mm-hmm. and they gave it to us. Yeah. And we experienced the love of God in that place. So, no, I don't believe you could ever invest too much into right. people because God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That's right. It don't matter to God. As long as we invest in his kingdom, he'll just keep pouring it in right. as long as we're doing the right thing. So you and I were talking briefly before we hit record here about how Jesus in his ministry uh, many times would meet the physical need prior to meeting the spiritual need, right? So 
And it's kind of the same thing that we see happening here in the outreach is, you know, it's not that we, not everything is a need, but it's kind of like the, the young, one of the young children you was talking about who won a set of uh, AirPods. Right. Well, that was that I could see the, the, the happiness on his face. I mean, smiling ear to ear. And we don't know, this was a, a, a lower income uh, area. Right. Um, it was a, it was a poverty stricken area. And, and so we understand that these children grew up much like myself um, and probably don't have a lot of access to very nice things. And, um, but yet to see the joy come on his face oh, yeah. after winning those AirPods, he was so happy about the AirPods, right? And so we understand that that's, it's not just about the AirPods, right? right? And so some people could look at that and say, well, you wasted the church's money buying AirPods and giving them away to kids who aren't even in the church anymore. All right, Judas. But you know, <laughs> but you know how I view it, I'm much like you, I believe that every time that young boy puts in those AirPods into his ears— I believe it's going to, he may remember right. where they come from. And there's going to be a time in his life, maybe in the near future, where he's going to need something to feel a void. And he's going to need somebody to be there for him. He's going to need some friends, some somebody to talk to. And I believe that those AirPods might be the reminder, hey, those were some really nice people that I met. There were some kids that were my age uh, that I played ball with. Maybe I could talk to them. Maybe I could hang out with them. Whatever it takes. Exactly. Whatever it takes yes. to get them in the door. One man plants, mm-hmm. another waters, but God provides the increase. Yes. Right? That's scripture. So what we're doing when we purchase these uh, these tangible items, AirPods, whatever, kayaks, whatever you want to give them, shoes, it's 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 not a waste if the intent is placed in the right area. So the intent is I'm going to love people, and when you love people, you're doing the work of the kingdom, and you cannot go wrong with it. Yeah, and if I might add some scripture to that, yeah, I was just reminded while you saying that of when Judas Iscariot, whenever um, it uh, gets away from me now who which one it was, whether it was Mary or Martha, but one of them had ointment, and they went to apply it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Judas screamed out, hey, we could sell that and give to the poor, and we could do this, we could do right, that. Right. And Jesus looked at him and said, the poor you have with you always. Mm-hmm. And so he, Judas didn't gauge the situation. He didn't realize that there was a greater purpose yeah. to that ointment. And so I relate that to what you just said. There's a greater purpose to them, those AirPods. Oh, yes. There's a greater purpose. Just like you said, he'll remember that experience mm-hmm. that he had at, at our church. Yes. Hopefully in the near future he'll remember. Yeah. And that's just the great part of what we do. It's not always about the fruits right away. Mm-hmm. It's just like some trees that bear fruit, they bear fruit the very next season, mm-hmm. but then you have trees like a mustard tree that takes a long time yes. to produce any type of fruit. Yeah. So you just got to wait it out and let God, just like you said, let God take care of it. Yeah. He will provide the increase. He will not be indebted to anyone. I believe that he will bless our efforts because I will be honest with you, the cast there are i have seen outreach events we've been door knocking in the community we've hung flyers we've done events car washes i mean you name it we've yeah. we've tried a lot of stuff and there have been times where after you spend a whole day a whole saturday going out knocking doors and you come back and you're you're sweating you're hot you're exhausted your feet hurt and and you know, it's that's a Saturday, and then come Sunday morning, you're thinking, "Oh man, we're about to, we're about to see all kinds of people come in." I know that. I talked to that one lady. We prayed with her. She said she's going to come tomorrow. And Sunday morning rolls around, and we're looking at the door, right? Yeah. We're watching the door. We we've got anticipation, expectation, and and expectation, and we're watching the door. And ten oh five, ten ten, yeah. Oh, well, maybe they're not coming to the Sunday school. Maybe they'll come to the 11, 11 o'clock service. 11 o'clock rolls around. We're watching the door. 11.05, 11.20. Yeah. 
And maybe they're just late. Maybe they had a flat tire. They're coming though, right? But then they never show up. Mm-hmm. That's disheartening. Yeah. It it it's it's a hard blow to take for me to invest so much and then not see that instant uh, gratification, that instant reward of knowing that your outreach uh, brought those people in. Yeah. And so, but we can get distracted by those feelings and think, well. This doesn't work, but I believe that when we do that, and I have to talk to myself like this, I have to say, listen, you can't, you can't look at it like that because if you say this was all for naught and, and nothing's mm-hmm. going to come of it, yeah. I'm literally tying God's hands and I'm saying you cannot do anything with what we just did. Yeah. But if I look at it and say, you know what? I didn't see anybody come on Sunday but I know that God will provide the increase somewhere, oh, sometime. Yes. He's working in their lives, and they're going to come into the church. Yes, that's exactly right. So we must be focused on what matters. It's I'm reminded of uh, in the book of Acts, chapter number 3. Uh, you and I were talking about this as well before. It's the the one laying outside of the gate, right? He's got a cup in his hand. He's asking alms of those, you know, asking for money, asking for something tangible. Give me something because I want stuff. I want money. I don't, you know, I'm lame. I can't work. And so I'm just asking for you to give me some money. Peter and John, they're getting ready to go in the gates and they lock eyes with this individual. And this man looks at Peter and he asks, hey, man, you got any money? And what did Peter say to him? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Right. So he says, I don't have anything tangible to offer right. to you. Maybe the money's dried up. Maybe we don't have AirPods to offer in, in some instances. And so we don't want to make it all about those tangible items, yeah. though they can be a tool in our in our pouch, if you will. They can be a tool, an effective tool. Uh, we saw that, but there's going to be times when, when you're walking through Walmart and it's not a planned event, yep. but you see a need and you don't have an AirPod and you're, you know, right. to give to somebody, you don't have a new pair of shoes to give to somebody. But, and, and so we see that in the scripture, Peter said, I don't have anything. I don't have what you think you're looking for, Yeah, but I've got something a lot greater than that. And what I have, I'm going to give to you. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's twofold, right? We need to know that we have something inside of us and then and we need to be sure of what we have. But then two, we have to be willing to give it away. Right. So if you're not willing to pour out thus outreach, then how can you be poured into? Exactly. Because if we're all if we're constantly full and we're not willing to pour out, you know, our pastor says all the time, we need to be conduit, right? Let God flow through us. Yeah. So we're constantly pouring out. And I see that in your family, your wife and yourself, uh, just always pouring out. I mean, always reaching, always talking about the next plan, the next place we're reaching out, the next community event. How can we love this person? How can we reach this neighborhood? You're constantly pouring out. But praise God, on Sunday morning, on Wednesday night, on Tuesday night prayer meeting, you're getting poured back into Exactly. And so it's a constant flow. It's a it's a repetitiveness. But that's what outreach is all about. Oh yeah. And if I might add, the person laying whenever Peter and John walked up to him, he had a need that he could see. Mm. But Peter saw a need that he could bring him to that he would never need again of that situation he was in. Right. Because now he can go out and work. Exactly. He would never be in that situation ever again. Mm. But he couldn't, the person himself couldn't see that. But we can see that. Just like people on the streets, the streets, excuse me. But we can see in people's lives, hey, they don't have God in this this moment. But what they're going through, we can see their situation and we can compare it to others in the church currently and say, hey, you know, you may be in the situation currently, but I know somebody that can bring you out, and you don't have to live that way no more. Yeah, right. 
that's incredible stuff. And I, I, I think that you're, if, if it's not been said enough, I think you and your wife are doing a fantastic job. Keep it up. Keep outreaching. Uh, keep loving people and showing us the way. Um, I believe that you've got a, a an army behind you, not just in the church at Radford, but also God's army. I believe that God is on our side, and as long as we're loving people, he's going to bless it. And, and so uh, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Keep it up. Um, real quick, before we end the episode, why don't you let people know uh, a couple of things that you've got planned, your wife and yourself have planned throughout the rest of the year, um, just as some thought-provoking ideas, maybe some other people who want to do outreach uh, could could get involved in or maybe even implement in their own churches or own uh, lives for that matter. All right. So um, I would like to start off with what we've already done. Sure. Um, So one that really I could see impacted lives really good was back in March when we delivered care baskets Mm. to the fire departments in the police stations. Yeah, that was great. The looks on their faces was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And, it made me and Hannah feel very good about ourselves. And it kind of just jump-started us into the year. And um, the Radford University police looked at us and said, we have never had anybody bring us something like this before. Wow. Ever. The whole time, ever since they were there, set up, established. Wow. And I thought to myself, how horrible is that? Yeah. That Radford University and the surrounding Radford area, who knows how many churches is actually in the city. Mm-hmm. Could be dozen, could be two dozen of churches. And nothing has ever been put back into the community. And so that leads me back into the next event that we did in April, the Easter extravaganza that we did. Yeah, Man, I love that. You know, we had, that's another situation of like we was talking about earlier where we had, we counted over 150 new visitors. Yeah, not church people. Not even church people. Came and fellowshiped with us, talked with us, experienced the event with us, and went home. But to my knowledge, we only had two or three people come to service. Mm-hmm. And so on the one hand, that could be discouraging. But on the other, you you can realize, hey, that's two or three people that wasn't in service right. the week before. Right. And so... In order to um, plan events and do outreach, you got to plan, man. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the day before. Yeah. Let's get everything together and go out. You got to be prepared for at, as much as you can be prepared for that day. Um, and as well, one that I was very excited of, and if anybody listening is around a university or a campus or um, any type of college in general. Um, we did a kind of like a pizza giveaway at the Radford University here on campus. And it was during finals week, right? It's during finals week. And yeah. kids were scrambling to get their finals done. They mm-hmm. were missing out on their dinners yeah. and all that. <laughs> yeah. And they came to us. We was set up on campus right in one of the main entryways. Mm-hmm. And the majority of them when they went by, even the ones that had home churches themselves looked at me and my wife and many others that was helping us there that day and said, you know, we've never experienced a church give like this back to the community. And they thought it was the best thing ever. And that's the running theme for a lot of our events that we've done this year Mm -hmm. is just, we've never seen a church give to the community like this before. And not only does that help us gauge what we can do better but i also i believe that touches those lives and shows them even the ones that go to church currently Mm -hmm. they can look back at that and say well man i'd like to actually go and visit that church and fellowship with them because if they're like that in the streets yeah how are they in service right and so real quick i would like to just talk about some future events we got going um in September, we have uh, desserts for doctors, same type of thing for uh, uh, police departments and fire departments, except we're going to the hospitals because uh, we realized, we was thinking, you know, this is how our minds work when we're thinking about outreach events. We're trying to think of what can impact people the most. Mm-hmm. And when we thought of 
doctors or nurses or hospitals in general. We just thought, you know, during COVID and all that that happened, the disconnection between people and doctors was widespread. Right. You know, people didn't trust doctors. People were like, you know, you're telling me I need to take this shot, not take this shot, whatever, what have you. There's so much disconnection. Mm-hmm. And we just thought for this September event, why don't we just give back to the doctors as well and just show them, hey, we're here for you. We appreciate you for taking care of us and giving care to us as healthcare workers. Yeah. Because we don't want to forget anybody in our community. Right. And we're really excited for that one. Um, one my wife headed up really good is the the October event. Uh, it's Mental Health Week wow. at Radford University. Yeah. And, you know, we, we were thinking um, – especially prevalent in young people nowadays and even in my generation depression is heavy yes anxiety is very hard on this generation mm-hmm. because of the push of social media and the push of politics what have you everything yeah. that goes around goes around in our world today we want to set up some sort of event we still are, we're hashing out the details of what we're going to do for that week but we want to let the the students know that even though you may experience depression, there's a person, there's a God who can take that depression from you. Oh, yes. <coughs> Excuse me. And we just want to uh, reach those students in a way that when they go home for the semester or what have you, they can reflect back on that moment and they can realize that, hey, that person that told me that god loves me regardless of the situation i'm in Mm -hmm. i'd like to actually go to their church because it's like the pastor told us when we first started outreach is not going to individuals and saying come to my church Mm -hmm. it's going to individuals and saying hey there's a church that cares about you that loves you regardless if you come to our church or not we love you we'd like to pray for you and most of all, there's a God that loves you. We're bringing a, the church to them. Exactly. Yeah. Church to the streets. Yeah. And that's going to be a big thing for next year. Me and my wife, that's uh, one of our biggest things going to be going on next year is uh, kind of like a Sunday uh, school street event nice. where we literally take church to the street. Nice. And we, uh, it's still in the works, but we're trying to work out the bugs. But it's just an idea right now. But We've talked with other surrounding churches about what they do, and I forgot which one does it, but um, they do uh, Sunday outreach. And what they do is they take some portable instruments, and the pastor or a uh, minister of that church goes with them to the streets, and they literally set up anywhere, and they start playing music, and they start going around asking people to come to service with them on the street, and people are so shocked that somebody's doing that that they come. Yeah. And they're like, man, we got to check this out. And we heard feedback from the church that does this, that they had 12 people get baptized in that one night. Wow. On a Sunday night. Praise God. By just the, the sheer effort that people see in the church. Yeah. yeah. It's not just Sunday's best for FAC Rafford. It's, you know, what can we do for sure. you? Sure. Um, so... We also have a Christmas event <clears throat> where we're going to have like um, a kind of like a Christmas store mm-hmm. set up at the church mm-hmm. where families can bring their kids um, and come and pick out toys, a set amount that they can come and pick and take with them for free, yeah. free of charge. Yeah. Just like our clothing bank is mm-hmm. free of charge. Come and pick what you want. Um that one I'm really excited for because, again, it's, you're reaching those kids' lives yeah. with an AirPod. Right. And showing them, hey, here's a free gift, and here's God loves you, mm-hmm. and come back and see us, and God will show, us, God will show you newness of life. Yes. Yes. Um, well, one last thing me and my wife thought was very important for any outreach team, for any church is to yearly set up a outreach meeting for any individuals that's wanting to be a part of the team and anybody involved in outreach, set up a yearly meeting at the beginning of the year. Usually 
for January. That's what we're shooting for. And just talk about ideas, talk about suggestions, Mm -hmm. um, talk about what we did last year, what we could do better this year. Sure. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, talk about what new things we could do for this year that Mm -hmm. we didn't do last year that we could, you know, bring back to the table. Just have a brain teasing idea of what we can do better for that year. Yeah. I feel like that's very important. Kind of like an outreach app. uh, uh, The word fails me now, but just a broad spectrum of what the year is going to look like. Sure. Yeah. I think it's really good. I'm really excited for the rest of this year. Excited for next year. Um, I can't wait to see what all God is going to do in and through your your family and the church at large. I think it's going to be a great thing, and and I'm excited about outreach. Oh, I'm yes. I'm excited. I want to get involved. Um, I want my kids to be involved. I want to show them what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, and that is encapsulated in outreach. Man. So, Brother Cass, thank you so much for joining us on the Disciples Dialogue. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your effort. And, and thank you for your time tonight here uh, in this recording. Uh, we greatly appreciate having you on and can't wait to have you on again. Well, I appreciate the opportunity, and I hope that it can <clears throat> better empower somebody and encourage somebody to keep on going, reaching your community. You know, just do what you can for your community. Amen. Amen. You heard it here on the Disciples Dialogue. Get out there, start outreaching, start loving people, pointing them to Jesus. That's what matters. Um, As we close out today, I will uh, tell you all, just as a reminder, we uh, upload every other week. Biweekly, we are uploading new episodes. We've got great things in store. Uh, We've got uh, some exciting new guests that are going to be joining us on the Disciples Dialogue in the upcoming weeks. Uh, in months, we are going to be partnering with other um, channels, um, and so we're excited. Get get involved. Go to thedisciplesdialogue.com, and you can get merch there. You can find episodes there, so on and so forth. Uh, but until next time, we pray that you're blessed. We pray that God keep his hand upon you and lead you and guide you into all truth and wisdom. And until next time, God bless you. <laughs>